Welcome to We Grow California with your hosts, Darcy Villery and Darcy Burke, a safe place where we discuss water, agriculture, and everything that makes California grow. We have guests from those who just drink water to those that make water policy, all passionate about the water issues that face all Californians today. Join the conversation by liking, subscribing, and visiting our website, wegrowcalifornia.com. Let's get the conversation started. You texted me earlier as we were talking about what we wanted to get to get like get together to talk about for the most recent DVD episode. Or is this DV or DAD? This is going to be a DAD. Dad. Is it a dad? It's I don't know. Because we talked about it before. And, and the topic is conservation. And when we've talked about it before, I was never quite sure how you felt about it. So this will be good to get you on the record about it and us both about uh, about conservation in California, or as you say, conservation is a way of life, right? Especially right. with the new right. water restrictions, right? The new permanent ones. Yeah, you fill in what exactly is going to be the basis this. of the conversation. So I want to welcome everyone in today. We have uh, Darcy and Darcy today, and it's a, a topic of conversation that is literally probably statewide. I don't think it matters whether you're ag or urban, um, but it's something that is now actually has a campaign. There's an advertising campaign. I don't know if you know that, Darcy. Yeah, and there's a yeah. lot of effort. So today we're talking about conservation, a California way of life. Or is that is the it? campaign, the topic of the, the campaign's name? <clears throat> That's okay. the campaign's yeah. name. And it's yeah. based on an effort by the State Water Resources Control Board staff. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure you heard that word, staff. Um, it's a new regulatory framework that they're proposing that establishes individual efficiency goals for each urban retail water supplier. Okay. So most Southern California water agencies uh, provide water budgets to our customers based on how much irrigated landscape you have, how big your house is, how many people live in it, et cetera. And we have indoor budgets, we have outdoor budgets, we have smart meters that tell us all these great things and tell you all these great things too. There's, yes, there's an app for that. And then based mm -hmm. on that, we have, you have a budget. If you go out of your budget, then there's a penalty, a financial penalty, right? So, which is how we always get everybody to stop doing stuff in America, which I always find to be kind of funny, but I appreciate it's oftentimes the only way to do it, right? Yeah, it works in everybody's division, but mine. My division okay. is the least efficient and the most excessive. They're also <laughs> the, my customers, my neighbors, my family, my friends are all on mm -hmm. auto pay with a 1% They're, all what? They're auto on auto pay. pay, so they don't know what's they going on. They don't yeah, even well, open the know. bill. So money's not a motivator for them. It's yeah, more or yeah. less, you know, reduce your amount of runoff. So we're not putting nutrients in the lake and mm -hmm. growing algae. So that's one thing. But I thought what was so interesting about this and giving each water utility a budget is, again, only 10% of all the water in California is urban water use. Only okay, 10%. Are you going? are you going hard against me right now? I'm going hard. I feel attacked. I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel I, I feel personally attacked. I don't want you to feel attacked at all. I I'm my feelings are hurt. If you look at this last water year, which I'm going to be very transparent about, this was an anomaly. We haven't seen this type of water in a long time. Mm -hmm. The last data numbers I got through August was that over 36.8 million acre feet of water went underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. That's after in delta use of a million acre feet, right? Okay. So those those farms, those communities used a million acre feet and then 36.8 million went out underneath 
the Golden Gate Bridge. So we're talking about ratcheting down on urban water users, both that's mm-hmm. commercial, that's jobs, that's tourism, that's um, Southern California, we have wine country. It's all of those facets. We're still considered urban when we have ag in our service area, but we're not doing anything to capture the water that's going underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's true. No, I get that, which I know is always everybody's lament, which I think is why we always press. And and as much as they're coming out with this conserve thing, it's like the problem is in this environment, even if we're all I get this with if we're all conserving right now, we wouldn't have been able to capture that water anyway. I mean, there's there's just nowhere to put it. And you wouldn't even think about where that big a number. I don't know where you could even put it. I'm trying to think of like what the that would mean we'd have to. How much storage do we have in the state? I have to look back. That's a good question. Right? Off the top of my head, I'm like, I think it's... Not enough. That I can tell you. Not enough. (laughs) Well, I mean, I could pull a number right out of somewhere and say it's probably... Like, you'd have to capture, you know, to capture all that, you'd have to, like, more than double the storage that exists. Oh, way more than double. That that's not even, and that includes groundwater recharge, right? You'd still yeah, have to more yeah. than double, which we're working on. Which everybody, you know, I, I know everybody's working on. But the thing about the conservation part, I think, has got to be, it is an infrastructure question, right? I mean, that that's they want everyone to conserve, because the one thing we can do to increase storage capacity, in a sense, in the urban environment, is to is to have everybody conserve. Because the truth is, is I like you said, ten percent of all the water use. Ten, only ten. Fifty uh, percent go depending on which one we're talking about. We're talking all the developed water, right? The water we can control. Right. Ten percent goes to urban. Forty mm-hmm. percent goes to ag, and fifty uh-huh. percent goes to the environment, which I know everybody complains about. I don't really have that much of a problem with it. I personally, do. Which is, I see. This is why. Why did you think this was going to be a Darcy and a Darcy when this is very clearly a Darcy versus Darcy? Because I think we we we're going to come to the same conclusion from different ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm totally okay with efficiency. Use mm-hmm. what you need and use it wisely. Don't waste it. But to tell everybody to do more with nothing or less is not sustainable for a thriving economy. Well, are we going back to the lawn conversation? Because it's like of that ten percent, like eighty percent goes to lawns and stuff like that, and. And so the the to but back to the original like to to gain the con, the storage when we get into a drought if if you're trying to because that's if everybody's not if you're already conserving before you get to the actual serious drought then I like it maybe just because I think of it as a farmer it's like people are going to complain less about what I do because they're not going to feel like I've taken something that was never really there anyway if that makes sense it, it's like I, I i felt like the last drought you know i'm we're fallowing a lot of land there's a lot of guys that followed a lot of land right and i can't go further down to zero but if the, this means we take pressure off uh off off of us i think it's a good thing because i there's only so much education you can do in teaching people what we do with water because also i just a reminder to everybody i don't use potable finished supply water i'm using raw river water Right. Coming out of there and putting it on the ground and I'm using it in a very, I like to think since I'm 100% drip, I, I'm using it as efficiently as I can. We're making more investments and in efficiencies right now on the farm. And, you know, beyond that, trying to get better, like try, trying to get as, as good as we can with everything. So you know? let me ask so, you a question, Darcy. Sure. One of the very first trips I ever took to the Valley, I started on the West side and then I went to the East side. So the Mm -hmm. west side, um, for those listening, the west side of the Central Valley would be off the Interstate 5, just to try and give people some geographical... It's oftentimes... I've always asked that myself, like, what is considered... I feel like I've talked to Chris White about what's what's considered the west side of the valley. And for us, I think oftentimes, like, what's the west side of uh, 
because the because where I five goes, it's so far west of me. It's like it's kind of like for where I'm at west of the San Joaquin, and oftentimes it's just like Westlands and <laughs> right. But <laughs> whenever we think... say West Side, we're talking about Westlands, and then to other people, I'm West Side and I'm west of this because I'm west of the San Joaquin. So I, yeah. I'm just gonna say for for maybe some of the urban listeners and those that don't live in California, the I five runs through the middle of of California, and I usually think if I'm gonna go visit. Um, my f- friends on the west side of the valley, I'm going to take the five. If mm-hmm. I'm going to visit my friends on the east side, I'm going to take the 99. Yeah, yeah. So we started this metropolitan inspection trip. Oh, gosh, I don't even want to say how many years ago. And we started on the west side and we went to Joe DeBosque's farm. We went to Pereira's. We went to a number of farms where it was all drip irrigation. 100% mm-hmm. drip. Th- no question about it. We went to the east side and that was the first time I'd ever seen flood irrigation. And it was yeah. for fruit trees. And my first thought was, oh, my gosh, they're wasting water, right? Mm-hmm. But now that I know a little bit more, their their type of soil that they have is very sandy. And while they're using it, they're also recharging it. Because yeah. to fallow land there and then to put a recharge piece of property right next to it makes absolutely no sense to me. You're taking land out of production to make it recharge when you could be recharging in the field you already are using it it is you know it's a really expensive thing to go put in drip i still think those guys anybody that's not on drip is losing money personally in my opinion because i think you're losing out on yields you're spending more on certain things you don't need to uh but that's also like you said you're still the difference being there is that you're you are recharging at the end of the day like i can't recharge where i'm at right if you're getting that benefit out of it but i still yeah, I hate criticizing farmers, but, um, um, you know, it's like I still think you could do better personally. Like I could, you know, it seems crazy to do that, but I think there's a lot of benefit people get out of it. I know of FID, Fresno Irrigation District, they've got a lot of recharge ponds, but they also have very sandy soils. Right. There's a lot of growers over there that are like, you know, I'd like to, but it's expensive, but also I'm doing this and it's it's that whole thing. But it's not necessarily, you know, it's still I, I still think the fact that there's a conservation aspect of it makes it, it doesn't bother me. So a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to be a a speaker at the Urban Water Institute summer conference. And Mm -hmm. in my remarks, I really said conservation actually to me is a state of mind, not as a way of life. Right. So if I want to build thriving communities, I want to make sure that there's housing for the families that are in my community. I want to make sure they have jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to conserve my way out of a drought and help them build. It's just not it. You cannot conserve your way out of a drought. You have to find new supply. It's just how it works. You can make the the supply you have go further mm-hmm. when you're more efficient and you're conserving, but you can't survive a drought without new supply. You need either precipitation, you need snow, you, you need Well, eventually, some... yeah. If we're talking about endless drought, it's like, yeah, no, you need that, An extended drought, right? But how you prepare is also, there's another expression, how you prepare is how you perform. In theater. That's what we always did, right? Oh, really? So like I've never heard pre- that before. Have you ever heard that one no, before? No, I've not how you heard that before. How you perform. How you, how you practice is how you perform. If you're if you're not conserving, if you're not prepping for the next drought, you're going to hit that drought and it's going to be a, a terrible nightmare. And and it's so, you know, and, and the thing is about this too, like I said, always, for me, it comes back to the farmer and people criticizing us. It's like, guys, I'm, the thing is back when all the, for development and for everything else, a lot of dams were put in for flood control were yep. to survive droughts also too, right? I mean, there's a reason why San Francisco's water supply is not local. It's hundreds of miles away, seriously. And, it, and so to that end, 
when there's excess water, what do you do with it? I mean, in a sense, right, in the system, because people are putting it in for flood control, doing it to build housing. The water system we have is was built for 20 million people. We now have 40 million people, right? And even then, it's like, what do you do with that water? And because you needed a local food supply, that's how food was for, you know, ever until we could truck everything everywhere. And so that's what we did with it. And so it's still... Anyway, it goes back to the same thing we keep saying all the time. It's, like it's it's still a benefit there for everybody, and and I still think for me as a farmer, it's like like I said, conservation is a mindset, and the better I get at it, the better it is for everybody. So I'm going to say the, I do think it's a mindset. I don't think it's a way of life. Yeah, but it isn't your mindset your way of life, isn't that? You no, know, not you don't necessarily. Because there are times think of it like that. There are times in my life when I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, I'm going to have to invest. Mm-hmm. That means I'm going to have to spend. Yeah. For oh, yeah. a benefit. You spend to increase your conservation. No, well, that's what he, that's what they want me to do. I also have heartburn with not the State Water Resources Control Board, which I already have heartburn that they're appointed and not elected, but the staff mm-hmm. is coming up with this framework because they, of course, have worked in retail water utilities and they understand the needs of communities. Do you know there was a leak detection study not too long ago, because we all have leak detection milestones we have to meet. It has to be under a certain percentage. I am super yeah. proud of my water utility. We're under 5% leakage in our system, and 10 is considered acceptable. This okay. study was in Northern California. I'm not going to say what city it was because they're not here. So I'm not okay. going to talk about yeah, that. They can't fair. defend themselves, sure. They, they had to bail out of the study because not everybody is still on a meter. Oh, wow. So you want to yeah. put, you're going to now ratchet down those. Those communities that have invested in metering, have invested in water use efficiency, Metropolitan has spent billions with a B in water Mm. use efficiency and conservation measures. But now you, in your wisdom, at the State Water Resources Control Board, like, oh, wait, I'm going to give you a budget. And I'll throw mine out there, Elsinore Valley Municipal Water District. And if you go out of that budget, then then you have hell to pay. But they're very clear to say in their briefing paper, well, this isn't about homes or businesses or communities. Who do they think we serve? I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, I serve communities. I serve homes. I serve families. I, well, and that's the fact. Okay, so here's if, – if you take issue, as I think with everybody, and this is what we – the biggest part of the reason we do with the podcast is like we, we like to reach out and talk to people about these issues. And maybe it's just me um, as somebody who I think is reasonably in touch with the water community at least the one out here and then i'm a member of uh you know i'm an aqua region board oh wait hold and on associated california water agencies for those that yeah sorry water well, yeah. association of california water agencies and and we've had joaquin who i think was a great speaker at aqua and he's come but i'm like i've i've never met a single member of staff i've never seen them sit on any panel at at aqua um i don't interact with any i mean he he's he's my age and I, he is a great speaker, but it's like, I don't know exactly what's going on there or anything. And like you've said about people, we've brought out here to talk about this stuff. It's like, you get concerned. I always get concerned. And this is my big issue with any government at all is that they is the handing down of things without conversing with uh, the people you will be impacting. And I still feel like the state water board doesn't do it enough. I actually, even amongst all the grief that she took, I thought Felicia Marcus was doing a pretty good job on that, at least from what I saw. I mean, people, she got a lot of hate, but I remember listening to her on a, um, one of the, what was it? The uh, Commonwealth Club of California. Do you know that, uh, that group in San Francisco? Mm. They, they have a, they, they do, um, they, they get together, have conversations about topics 
and it runs through uh, the PBS state or you know the NPR station over there. Right. And she was talking about it, and it was at a time when farming was taking a lot of hate, almonds was taking a lot of hate, and she was taking a lot of hate from from farmers. But she she got up there, she was on stage, and she straight up defended us. You know, she defended what we're doing. She she talked about the things I talk about, and she she said you can't just go you know nail these guys for these things. And she said that in a very liberal place. And so I, you know, I to that end, but there's, that's the kind of thing that was like, but that's not the person who comes and she's not, I like to hear more from staff. I like to talk to staff. Once well, and, and staff, said staff does the executables. Well, and staff comes up with the recommendations, right? So, yeah, you know, it, it, just you sit on a waterboard, I sit on a waterboard, staff brings you stuff. I, I think yeah. I'm in a different position because water was my career. So I'm, I look at it with different lens, like, yeah, I'm not really, mm, no, or this is great. This is great. Yeah. You guys have done a great job. This is, I know how difficult this is. I really appreciate the complexity of what you're proposing. However, what I think is missing from the conversation and is missing from this is water agencies are actually public health agencies. Yeah. No, okay. I think that's a fair Our job yeah. is to make sure you don't get sick. When you mm-hmm. drink the water and make sure we take your waste away when you're done with it, right? Yeah. And when you ratchet down and ratchet down, it does not allow us to do that well. I know you've had, you've talked about to me before about the, you know, saving water, you feel like at times in, it creates a negative impact in terms of, like system. Dealing, especially with dealing with wastewater, right? Exa- that's exactly right. You know, we have yeah. like 60 different pressure zones and we mm-hmm. have lift stations to move that waste. Let's talk about it. biosolids are not your friend when you want them to move away from your home and mm-hmm. they're heavy. Water's heavy. Is there like a minimum in your mind, a minimum amount of tertiary, I don't know what the ter- technical term would be, like water that has nothing to do with body affluent. You know what I mean? Like, do you think also of the water that you're putting out for the lawn and everything to you, that's not just irrigated land- water for the lawn. It's also water that's meant to blend and help push that stuff away, right? The stuff. And if you reduce it too much, it's going to create problems elsewhere. When you're irrigating your landscape, I think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of benefit to that. I think we, you know, one of our most popular podcasts, Darcy, is Darcy versus Darcy about a lawn, right? So No, I know. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that, I mean, is the fact that I, and that's, that's my point is that's all I look at it. All I see is the lawn and what it's doing. Whereas you're also saying, I'm assuming, right? Because it all goes into the sewer system where everything eventually gets pushed out to wherever it goes. No, that's. No, does no, that so, water from there uh, go there? Just then like, it's gets... just like where you live, right? So if you put, for some areas where you put, water your lawn, it's actually mm-hmm. going into the groundwater. Yeah, but the, anything excess, there's nothing. I just, I just meant, the, you're, are you worried about that kind of water, which helps push water in your systems to get the the biosolids out? Or is all that water there no, just sink our, water our, our and water dishwasher water? Our stormwater, which would, this is yeah. a good one, is actually managed a little different. Sometimes it goes back to the plant. Sometimes it doesn't. A lot of times it mm-hmm. just ends up in the lake in my division because we're on a reservoir. So every all water goes downhill, people, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at just, let's look at the closed system, right? So you flush your toilet, that water then moves those, those, items of waste that you want to get rid of, right? Mm -hmm. And it moves it to either a lift station when we lift it up and then we can move it to a plant. Mm -hmm. When you don't have enough water to push those biosolids, that that lift station can't operate. It's just too heavy. So are you concerned that these We're going to have to introduce water into the system to be able to move waste 
to the wastewater plant. That's right. You're worried that these conservation efforts are actually not really going to lead to no. nearly the kind of conservation that they're talking about. Because you're like, no, I actually, because I'm not built for it or, you know, like I'm not, ex I got to put this in there. I've got to put, I've got to move it somehow. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to find a way to introduce water from somewhere yeah. into it. Because so you can have a lower flush toilet, which, by the way, you're not going to like. <laughs> and I'm going to have to then move the waste another way to get it to where we need it to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have been recycling 100 percent of our water for 20 years. 20 mm -hmm. years at, at your water district you at know? our water district so you're okay. when people are like oh well you should do recycling well get on board that train left 20 years ago mm -hmm. every drop we use we use at least two times so when you're talking about conservation what do you want me to conserve yeah well and that's what you say you really and this is why you want to talk to staff you're like guys i don't you now what do i do you know, you're backed into a corner. I've, I've felt that way in farming sometimes, too. It's like, I'm not sure what the heck else I'm supposed to do at this point. You and know, I don't it's think like a, communities really want to hear that anymore. I know that yeah. they, we've had all this water. People are not stupid, right? They're like, okay, what'd you do with all the water we had? Why are you, why are you putting the burden of managing this situation back on me? Why mm -hmm. didn't you get some of that water we had? Why did you waste that water? And there's not a good answer. We have an infrastructure system that was started, as you know, when we talked to uh, Bill Jones, mm -hmm. that water plan in 1957 was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was designed to serve 40 million Californians by 2010. Mm -hmm. We had about 40 million Californians in 2010. What we didn't do, though, is we stopped building the projects that were on that list. Yeah. And we stopped building those projects. In my mind, um, the tipping point for me was the Purple Canal. When yeah, people no longer Ron wanted to invest in it, that yeah. kind of you know water agencies and 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 board members at the time was less political, I think. And mm -hmm. it was just kind of like keep your head down, charge the least amount we can, and just do our job, and we'll figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. That didn't work because we haven't really built any infrastructure now for over 40 years. Yeah. Right. So we've got the last get major dam built in California. Was it Folsom? Well, for by California, probably Folsom. But the last yeah. dam built in California was Diamond Valley Lake by Metropolitan. How big is that thing? That lake Remind is 810,000 acre feet. And there's three dams. Acre feet. Is that the one we can't use anymore either? No, we can use that one. Oh, that's the one. What's the one we can't use? Because it's full of PFAS. Oh, that's mine, Canyon Lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, but no, I've read, yeah. But back to, but I mean, that is funny because this goes back to uh, you and I had talked about, and I can't remember who, were, who uh, maybe we spoke, it was a topic when I read about it. Like uh, Pete Wilson gave a speech years ago about how we need to build three reservoirs, and, and one of them was the Diamond Valley Lake you're talking about. There were two others, one in one near Las Banas, I think, and one yep. further north that he talked about, and that just never happened. Never happened. And because and, we never you know. invested in ourselves, we're in the situation we are. And that's yeah. why I have heartburn with you're now going to go ask people to do more with less again. Mm -hmm. Still, even after you got the rain that we all wanted and needed and the snowpack. I mean, yeah. it's still coming, people, and we still have no place to put it. Our well, that's the thing, right? It's like I'm, I don't have a problem conserving, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel worth it when you feel like, you know, you need this other thing. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. No, instead, we're talking about ratcheting down on urban users, which is the least, the smallest power of the pie. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I think we talked before about, you know, highest and best use. 
is really running water underneath the Golden Gate Bridge highest and best use? Well, that's a conversation we'll have to have with a different guest. Hopefully at some <laughs> yeah. point we're trying to get on because I'm still, you know, it's like who gets to anything. We'll talk about that when we have them on. But yeah, just because you make water apolitical doesn't make it magically not a, a hot topic or a, 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 a difficult conversation to have. There's, you know, in ter- there, there isn't a lot of back and forth. OK, it's not political, but now what do we do with it? Well, and it is political, sadly, right? It is political. When you look at even how water boards on urban areas are, there's a lot of people that start on a water board now and go for a higher office. Like that's Mm -hmm. their their foot in the door. Where before you would have people that would serve on those boards for 25, 30 years, and and that would be absolutely acceptable, right? Nobody really wanted wanted that job. So, and, and water is political. I mean, what I really think is important is that we find a way to come to the middle, just like uh, Senator Sorto and Caballero did, to mm-hmm. find a, the best answer that works for the most people. Yeah. And and for for the environment. Nobody wants to live someplace where it's you can't breathe the air, you can't drink the water, you know, your kids can't play outside. That That's not yeah, what this is about. Absolutely. But we need to find some balance. And I think that's the problem, and that's the problem I have with this. Conservation is not a way of life for me. Thriving mm-hmm. is a way of life for me, and I'm going to be as efficient as possible, but I'm going to use what I need. And I know that the governor's not going to like that either, but I don't think he likes me very well, much. Well, I'm sure. I know I know for a fact you say plenty of things the governor wouldn't like to hear, so <laughs> it's okay. Well, he didn't invite me to the French Laundry either, so I don't, I don't think I'll be missing my Christmas card. Oh, man, let's not get on that kind of stuff. Then just everybody starts hawking... Uh toilet paper each other over things that people did though i didn't like that thing and i didn't like that thing yeah no you're, you're right darcy you have to to stay focused and on topic but i i think um what started out as i thought was gonna be darcy and darcy does have a little bit of darcy versus darcy in it so always makes for a better I'm, conversation I'm since i have one more one more projects but i don't but i think conservation is a way of life as i i don't think a bad thing necessarily personally and That's i'm gonna me, say conservation you know. is a state of the, mind the eagle scout in me says it's not bad <laughs> And we can do better. (laughs) Yeah, we can always do better. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Tune in next time. I'm not quite sure what guests lie ahead. We have quite a few in in the hopper ready to go, but we promise you it'll be interesting and thought-provoking. Yes, of course. See you next time. See you next time. You've been listening to a We Grow California podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or would be interested in being a guest, please check out our website, wegrowcalifornia.com. Sound and audio engineering provided by postandjam.com.